Well, isn't it good to be here today? We serve a mighty God, amen? Are you guys, uh, are you with me today? Are you going to be loud and rowdy with me today? Huh? Do I need to throw my hat? Huh? I'll do it. Be ready. Especially if you're sleeping. Be ready. Well, um, hopefully you had a great week. Um, I want to um, just tell... Uh, a little bit about um, what's coming up. We do have a chuck wagon. Praise the Lord. Amen. You guys purchased a chuck wagon. Or a chuck wagon. And uh, it's in. It's ready to go. We're getting uh, a few things kind of figured out on it as far as the sheet for it and the, the pup and everything. And it's going to be ready. And hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll have it here at church. We're going to be able to cook a Dutch oven breakfast for you and uh, have a great event. So hopefully uh, you'll be around for that. Um, we are having a benefit bull riding um, if you haven't heard, I know uh, Wes just announced that, but if you haven't heard and you want to spread the word, uh, benefit bull riding, all the money goes toward disaster relief uh, fund and uh, will help out with that and help out with future disasters that, that come. And so hopefully you'll come to that. Anybody uh, ready to ride a bull? Anybody? Can I get a witness? Two up here. Two, three. Can I get a witness? Okay, yes. Thank you, sir. We need to bless you before you get on, okay? <laughs> It may be your last ride. <laughs> well, I want to um, also say happy Memorial Day. I know it's Memorial Day, and uh, I know that there's a lot of memories going on of people that we've lost. And I know that there are some uh, others that are fighting for our rights, even as we speak and have lost their lives, so that we can have the freedoms that we have today in this barn. And so I want, if you're, if you're related to a soldier or you had a soldier in your family that passed away, or you're a soldier and you serve, would you just stand real quick? Would you just stand? Look at all these people. Let's give them a hand. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. We are so proud uh, to have you in our church today, and uh, we thank you for your service, and we thank you for the service of your family um, today. Well, any um, any bull riders, uh, any bull rider fans, or bull riding fans in the house? Can I get a witness on the bull riding fans? Yeah. Um, well, I uh, I I think that um, that I would say that bull riding is probably the the, the favorite. Uh, event of the rodeo. If you ever go to a rodeo, everybody sticks around for the bull riding. They do the bull riding at the very end so that you'll stick around and they, they have the bull riding, right? And why do we want to watch the bull riding? To root for the bulls, that's right. I mean, it's all about the wrecks, right? I mean, it's sick and wicked of us to think that way, but it's all about watching the wrecks. It's always fun to watch a wiry little cowboy that weighs like a buck fifty get on a two thousand pound cow or bull, excuse me, get on a two thousand pound bull and try to hang on. I mean, that's always an, an adventure to watch that. And I don't know about you, but as I watch like the PBR and I watch those events on TV and I go to some rodeos, it seems like the bulls are getting better and better. Anybody with me? I mean, in the short go and all that stuff, they just seem to never ride them. Um, I don't know if the bull riders are getting worse or the bulls are getting better, but I think the bulls are getting better. Well, I want to talk about a little bit of bull riding today. Um, I've never ridden a bull. Anybody would like to ride a bull that's never ridden one? Yeah, one kid right down here. Good. Um, well, it, you're not going to have your chance at our bull riding. <laughs> We're not going to take a chance on you. Um, but here's the deal. I did a little history on where bull riding started. 
Um, and I don't know if this is all true, but it, it's what I found uh, through the bull riding history uh, internet. <laughs> okay? Um, bull riding was said to have started at the, in the 16th century in Mexico. And the Mexican people would put on what they called chariotas, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either, but they would put it on, and it was kind of a Mexican rodeo. And they had different events. I don't know if you can see these pictures. Um, this event is actually a healing event where they heal a horse at these chariotas. They, they throw some fancy loop, and then they heal that horse. And the horse actually has to go through the loop, and they, they pull the slack, and they catch the heels of the horse. What's another one? Show me another one. This is called the Pass of Death, which is an awesome name. I love the name. The Pass of Death. See, this uh, Charo is what they call him, the Mexican cowboy. He's on a broke horse, and he has to get off his broke horse in a full gallop and get on an unbroke horse with nothing on it and ride it around until it stops bucking. How cool would that be? I mean, seriously, I want to see one of you guys try that. I mean, I've tried it on accident in some words, but it's never on purpose. No, I'm just kidding. All right, what's another one? Okay, now this is called, and, and there's some Mexican fancy word for it, but I don't know it, and I don't know how to say it, but it's called forefooting. And they throw, they, they, you ever seen the trick, you know, the trick ropers, or, you know, the, with the ropes and the rodeos and stuff? They do this fancy roping and all this stuff, and then they throw this fancy loop right in front of the horse, and that horse runs through the loop, and they catch it by its four, or its front two feet, and they have to suck it back, and they have to flip the horse and roll the horse. Now, you PETA lovers, just not even, never mind what I said. But that's called forefooting, and uh, it's, it's kind of an adventure as well. What else do we got on there? All right, this is uh, Tara the Steer. If you've never seen this, this is wild too. And it's kind of like steer wrestling, but they, roll, they run past this calf or the steer, they grab its tail, and as you can see, they wrap their leg or the tail around their leg, and they run past the steer, and they have to roll the steer. And the best roll wins. How cool is that? I might try that one of these days out in the pasture, just for the heck of it. <laughs> Your donkey has no tail because of that. I'm so sorry. Rescue donkey. All right, well, that's called telling the steer. What's this last one? I think there's one more. This is the bull riding, and, and the bull riding actually started out, again, and, and there's a fancy word for it, but it actually started out as bull fighting. And what they would do in old Mexico is they would ride these bulls to their death. I mean, they would actually kill the, the bull, and they would end up killing the bull. Well, it evolved to riding the bull, and what they still do is they'll ride this bull until it stops bucking, and then they have to get off and dismount and, and land upright. <laughs> He's on the dismount, I think. And I hope he lands up right. But that's, that's where bull riding kind of started. And, and, and they, would, they would ride these bulls and they'd have to land up right. Actually, my wife and I are going to San Antonio for our vacation in a couple of weeks, and we are looking at trying to go to a chariata at, uh, at San Antonio. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to hopefully see a, an adventure like that. Well, here's the deal today's sport of bull riding has evolved immensely, right? I mean, they ride for an eternity of, what, eight seconds. And, uh, it, and their dismounts aren't always pretty <laughs> and uh, fun to watch. But here's the deal. For the next few weeks, I want to talk about how we can relate bull riding and the way that they prepare, where the bull riders prepare for the ride, and what they wear to protect themselves to us as Christians. You say, well, how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to let you ride a bull. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. 
Well, here's the deal. How do we prepare for life's hard rides, and what do we wear? And what do we wear? I don't, I don't know about you, but um, God has been talking to me about this. And I, I, I go and I read the Word, and God has been, has been speaking to me and telling me, you need to talk about the full armor of God. Every time I, I read the Bible, every time I, not every time, but a lot of times when I read the Bible, God would bring this to my mind, and he, says, and he would say to me, that's what I want you to talk about. And so, we are going to start a series today called, That Ain't No Bull. That Ain't No Bull. If you got your Bibles with you and you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, I want you to follow along as I read it. Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have your Bibles, it will be on the screen. But Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10. Follow along as I read it. And I, I want to preface this before I start reading. In these verses, Paul is closing his letter to the Christians in Ephesus. And Ephesus was a town back in the day where a church was meeting. In the earlier chapters, listen, in the earlier chapters, Paul shares with the people how they can live for Christ. He shares with them the purpose for living for Christ. And listen to what he says after he shares how they're supposed to live. Listen to what he says in verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the mighty in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. And I want to stop right there. Let's pray together and ask God to bless the rest of our time. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, I know that, that, that everybody's here for a purpose. And I know that you're going to speak to our hearts today. And so, Lord, as we open up your word, as we study how we can protect ourselves from the devil's schemes and how we can win the battles that we face in life, may you show us how to do that. Lord, we thank you for this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, why would Paul give a warning? Why would he give this warning? Why would he say you've got to be strong? Why would he say, you know, that the, that the devil is coming and you're going to have a war on your hands? Here's why he said it. Listen to this. He said it to the Ephesian people because they were going to live for Christ. Now, here's my point. If we desire to live for Christ, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be battles and there's going to be wars. You know why? Because the devil, he doesn't care about all the little casual Christians. He doesn't care about all the hypocrites. He doesn't care about all the other people that aren't doing what God's called them to do. You know the ones he cares about? Are the people that are strong in their faith, the people that are pure in their walk, the people that love him with all their heart. Those are the people that he is going to attack. Now, don't you want to be strong in the Lord? <laughs> You're like, dang it, well, I'm not going to be strong in the Lord. If that's what happens, that's, I'm not going to do that. Well, it's the truth. Listen, if we as Christians will live for Christ, we are going to face the battles. But here's the cool thing. We win. We win. In the end, we win. 
and, and that ain't no bull. Right? That ain't no bull. That's our new amen today, okay? That ain't no bull. So here's the deal. How do we prepare for this battle, for this hard ride that we're going to face if we live for Christ? Here's number one. You ready? If you're taking notes, write this down. We must know our opponent. If you're going to win the battles that you face in this spiritual war, you must know your opponent. Every bull rider, they exercise, they work out, but what's the most important thing that they do? They study the bull. They call the owner and they say, hey, what's this bull like? I've never seen this bull. You know, they call the guys up or they talk to the guys at the, at the bull riding and they say, well, what did this bull do last time you rode, rode him? Or they talk to the bullfighters who get to see these bulls every night at the PBR. And they say, how did this bull buck the last time? And you know what they do? They get to know the bull. Why? So that they can make a successful ride. They ask questions like, is he going to turn to the left? Is he going to turn to the right? Is he going to blow out of the chute with a big jump? Is he a spinner? What is he going to do for a bull rider to make a successful ride? He must know the bull. Well, the same is true for us. If we're going to make a successful ride in this life that we're living, we have to know our opponents. If you didn't realize it yet, the devil is real and he wants to battle. He does. He wants to battle, but we have the strength of the Lord. Listen to verses 10 through 12 again. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that when you so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And let me just stop right there. Who is he saying our opponent is? It's the devil. It's the devil. He is our opponent. And, and the word devil actually literally means accuser. You know why? Because the devil accuses God's people every day. He makes us, uh, he makes us, he tempts us, he accuses us, he tries to tear us down so that we will stop serving the Lord. Another common name for the devil is Satan, right? Satan literally means adversary because the devil and Satan are an enemy of God. They're enemies of God. In the verses in Ephesians 6, the, the, the Bible tells us that there is a battle against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark world, which is ruled by Satan and his army. But here's the deal. Mistakenly, we think that our battles at work, we think our battles at home, we think our battles at school, we think they're all about us humans and all about fixing them our way, don't we? I mean, that's what we do. We, we, we think that all the, the battles that we face, we can solve on our own. I mean, they're human battles, but the truth is they're a spiritual battle. Let me give you a for instance. And my wife and I, we have a great marriage, right? We do. I mean, we have a, an excellent marriage. My, I'm so proud of my wife. I love my wife. Where is she? Can I say something else, please? Uh, I love her with all my heart. I'm brown-nosing like I always do. But here's the deal. My wife and I fight. We argue. We do. We fight. We argue. We do things wrong. We say wrong things to each other. We, we disrespect each other. We do all those things. We fail in that. But here's the truth that I've learned. When I begin to battle with the person that I love, guess what I need to do? I need to hit my knees and I need to ask for God's strength to forgive her and her, for her to forgive me so that we can overcome the struggles in our marriage. You know why? Because it's not against her. You know who's trying to tear us apart? It's the devil. 
It's the devil trying to tear us apart. And if we will get on our knees, we can overcome those struggles. But what do we want to do all the time? We want to fight for four hours. Can I get a witness? That ain't no rule. I mean, seriously, we want to talk and we want to, you know, just do all this stuff. And it's important to talk. And humans have to take responsibility for a lot of stuff. We do. God's not going to do everything for us. We have to work at it. But listen, every battle that we face is a spiritual battle and can be conquered if we use the right weapons. Our battle, and the verse says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. When I face a struggle in church or I face a struggle with an individual, that is a battle that the devil has placed in our lives to try to destroy us. And we have to fight him with the spiritual weapons. You get that? I mean, that will revolutionize your marriage. It will revolutionize your relationship with your mom, with your dad. It will revolutionize things that you, you can't control when you turn it over to the Lord and you realize that it's a spiritual battle. And you say, well, I thought the devil was this little pitchfork red, you know, devil-looking dude. And that is not true. I don't know where they get that picture. The truth is, the devil is charming. He's deceitful, but he's charming. And he loves to tempt us to do things, not because he's ugly. We would run from that, but because it's, it's tantalizing. It's attractive, and he likes to distract us. And you say, well, what are the devil's... What is the devil like so that I know what he's like? What are his schemes? Listen to this. Ezekiel 28, 14. I'm not going to read all these scriptures. But it says that he was an anointed cherub. Do you know what that is? That's an anointed angel. Do you realize that the devil was in heaven? And because he desired equality with God, and he sinned, and he wanted to be just like God, guess what? God threw him out of heaven. And guess what? He took a third of the angels with him. You can read about that. It's in the Word. And you say, well, you know, what kind of guy was he? He said he was a former angel, and now he is Satan. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that he is the God, little g, of this world. In other words, he rules the earth. John 8.44 says that, he, that the devil is the father of lies. You know, when he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a natural-born liar. Luke 11.15 says the devil is referred to as the prince of demons. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. But praise God, guess what? That, that, that lion is on the leash. Amen? That ain't no rule. He's on a leash. You know why? Because God owns him. He doesn't do anything without the, 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 the God of this universe allowing him to do what he does. And unlike, unlike God Almighty, the devil is limited. Listen to this. And I'm going to throw out a few big words for you, but I'm going to hopefully be able to explain them. He is not omniscient. The devil is not omniscient. You know what that means? It means that he is not all-knowing. God knows everything. The devil is limited. He is not omnipotent. You know what that word means? It means that he is not all-powerful. God is omnipotent. The devil is not. He's not omnipresent, which means he's not everywhere at once. God is everywhere at once. The devil is limited. That's the, that's the devil, and you need to know it. The devil is not and will never be as powerful as God. But guess what? He is real, and he wants to battle with you. 
He does. The devil's goal, you know what the devil's goal is? To destroy the church. If he can get me to fail, he can, he can put a big dent in the church. If he can get you to fail, he can put a big dent in the church. And again, so if you desire to live for him and, and serve him with all your heart, you are going to have a battle on your hands. And you say, well, how do we overcome the devil? We see what he's like. How do we overcome him? Well, you got to know him. you got to know what he's like. you got to know about him. you got to maybe talk to other people. Like those bull riders go to the owners of those bulls and they talk to them. Maybe you need to come to one of our elders or come to someone that you know has walked with Christ for a long time that has made some hard rides in their life and say, how do I get through this? This is the bull that I'm facing right now. How do I get through this? You've ridden this ride before. How can I overcome this? And maybe you need to turn to, to someone to help you. Listen to this. So, so we need to know about the devil. Number two is this. How do we overcome the devil and his schemes? We've got to be strong in the Lord. We've got to be strong in the Lord. Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He said, what does it mean to be strong in the Lord? And this answer may surprise you. You ready for this? If we are going to be strong in the Lord, we have to be aware of our weakness. Think about it. If we're going to be strong in the Lord, we have to be aware of our weakness. Look, listen to Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the same writer that's writing the Ephesian letter. Listen to what he says. To keep, him, uh, keep me from being conceited because of these surpassing great revelations. In other words, God has shown him a lot. And to keep Paul from being conceited, listen to what he does. There was given me a thorn in my flesh. Now, we really don't know what that thorn was. And it wasn't, I don't, it wasn't a literal thorn. It was probably blindness. I mean, he couldn't see. I mean, the, the scholars kind of believe that it maybe was blindness. And he wanted to serve the Lord, but the devil had, you know, given him this thorn in the flesh, which was blindness. And it was a Satan, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your what? Weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in what? Weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You say, well, how, do we, how do we be strong? How do we overcome the devil? We have to be aware of our weakness. And you say, well, what does that mean? What's that look like? Well, here's the deal. When Satan tempts you, here's how we need to respond. We must admit that we are weak on our own and proclaim God's power. Uh, I, I, that, 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 that's revolutionary for me. Because what do we want to do? We don't want to rely on our own power, don't we? I mean, I'm, I'm having a battle at school. I'm having a battle at, at work. I want to rely on my own power. I can overcome this. You know what we need to do? We need to say, I can't overcome this. And we need to get on our knees and say, God, I have to have your help. That's how you overcome it. But notice this. It doesn't say be strong in yourself. <laughs> I mean, the, the big deal nowadays is you can rely on yourself. I mean, if you just try hard, you do a lot of hard work, you do all this, you can overcome anything in life. No, you can't. 
that that's a lie. The world is selling you a lie. I cannot overcome uh, unforgiveness in my life without Christ. You, you can't overcome the things you know that you face in life, and, and you just can't do it. But you can through the Lord. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through who? Through who? Christ, who gives me strength. And so how do we overcome? We know our opponent and we're strong in the Lord. Here's number three, and I'm done. Here's number three. How do we overcome the devil and his schemes? We have to protect ourselves with the right armor and arm ourselves with the right weapons. How do we overcome the devil and his schemes? We have to protect ourselves with the right armor and, and use the right weapons. Look at verse 13. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the devil or the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Listen to this. It's not, it doesn't say, um, so that if the day of evil comes, what does it say? When. It says, when the day of evil comes. In other words, it's coming. You can count on it. And, and, and we are going to face temptations. And we are going to fight the battles of sin. And if we want to win the battles each day, we have to be protected with the right protection and armed for battle. But here's the, here's the truth. A lot of times we leave our armor at home. Anybody leave their armor at home? I do it a lot. I don't have my armor on. We try to fight with the wrong weapons. Some of you guys maybe face depression. And you say, well, I can overcome this. I can get, I can get past depression. No, you can't. It's only through the power of God that you can overcome that. And some of you maybe deal with pride, like myself. You say, I can fight my pride. I can defeat my pride. No, you can't. Pride is too powerful. The only way that I can overcome pride in my life is through the strength of the Lord. You, some of you guys, you have financial battles. I've got all the money that I can that I can have to cover whatever happens in life. That's what you say. No, you don't. There are things that money can't buy that only Christ can handle. Maybe some of you battle in insecurities. You say, you know, I can make myself better. A darker tan and a new pair of boots won't get it done. You got insecurity? God can help you with that. Maybe you're battling sickness. You say, I can get through this on my own. I can defeat this cancer on my own. And sure, we understand that doctors were given to us by the Lord. But here's the truth. God is the one true healer. That ain't no rule. Maybe you have an enemy at work and you say, I can make this relationship better. I can help this person. I can forgive this person on my own. No, you can't. It's only through Christ that you can forgive that person. And so it's important to remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood. The next time you want to get heated and get into a fight against somebody that has flesh on, listen, realize that that's a spiritual battle that God can overcome. And he can give you the strength to overcome it. But notice this, our armor must be on before the battle starts. I, I've never seen I've never seen a bull rider nod his head and come out of the chute and go, Hey, throw me my helmet. I've never seen it. I've never seen him nod his head and go, Hey, give me my best. But what do we do? 
We go into battles at work. We go into battles at home. We go into battles all this time, and we don't have our armor on. And we try to face them on our own. And when the battle starts, guess what? It penetrates us. You know why? Because we don't have our armor on. And you say, well, but what is the armor? I mean, what, what is it? Well, here's the truth. In the next couple weeks, we're going to define what that armor looks like. We're going to show you through the Word of God what the armor looks like and how you can be protected through Christ. So first, you must know your opponent. You must be strong in the Lord and fight with the right weapons. In the next, again, in the next few weeks, you're going to be prepared and you're going to be equipped to have your armor. And we may even have some horned 2,000-pound friends meet us here. So come back, okay? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you've been trying to fight all the battles on your own. And maybe because it's a fear that you have, you know, and you think, well, if, if, I, if I do what God wants me to do, I'm afraid of what he's going to ask me to do even more. Can I just share with you, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, a scripture that, that I think is a very powerful scripture. It's Isaiah 41.10. It says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And he said, well, Bo, you've kind of scared us. I mean, the devil, I didn't realize that he was this real being and that he controls this earth. He does. But listen, if you are in Christ, if you've accepted Christ into your life and you've surrendered your life to him, you can overcome him. And he doesn't have to win in your life. And so maybe you, as a Christian, need to admit your weakness, admit that you can't handle this, and give the battle over to the Lord. How many of you guys would say, nobody's looking around, I'm not going to invite you to come to the front or do anything. How many of you guys would say, you know what, that's me, I'm fighting a battle, I'm trying to do it on my own. Anybody? Raise your hand. Thank you, all across the room. Again, I pray, my prayer for you is to admit your weakness, and, and trust in the Lord. Turn to Him. Ask Him for the strength to overcome your battles. Maybe you're here today and you're just alone. You, you, you don't know Christ personally. You've never turned your life over to Him. You, you feel like you have nowhere to turn. There's no one to help you. Listen, Christ is there to help. He has the strength, but you must know Him personally. It's not about coming to church. It's not about joining a church. It's not about filling out any cards. It's not about walking down. It's not about any of that stuff. It's all about knowing Christ personally. And if you know him personally, he can fight and overcome the battles in your life. But you have to give your life to him. Jesus said in, in, in the scripture, Come unto me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And so maybe you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ. The Bible teaches us that if we will confess with our mouths and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead, we will be saved. 
And you say, well, how do I know Christ? How do I come to know Him? You confess with your mouth, and you say, okay, Lord, I confess you as the Lord of my life. I want you to come and save me from myself. Save me from my sin. And I believe in you. It's a free gift that he offers everyone. And you say, well, no, well, I, I'm dealing with so much sin. He can't forgive me. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. And so my challenge to you, if that's you and you don't know Christ, give your heart to him today. Surrender your life today. And he said, well, God, i got questions. I need, to, I need answers. I want to know some answers. Call me, text me, write me, whatever you need to do. Email. You can look on the screen when we get through here. All of my, our numbers will be on the screen. You can call one of the elders. Ask them. Do not leave this place until you've gotten the information that you need to make the right decision. Don't let the devil defeat you one more day. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we have the power in you to overcome the devil and his schemes. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the strength to overcome every battle that we face. All we have to do is be strong in you. And so, Lord, as we face these battles that are coming this week, and as we, we desire to grow in you, we desire to live for you, may we trust in you and rely on your strength. Lord, I thank you for those that are here today, and I pray that you would bless us and strengthen us and bring us back next week. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.